When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples. He said to them, go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, that the Lord needs it and will send it back immediately. So they went away and they found a colt tied near a door outside in the streets. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing untying this colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest. Then he entered Jerusalem and he went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Today, we heard Jesus arrive in the city of Jerusalem. And when he entered, he did what any of us would do. He threw a party, a parade, singing, dancing, palms, hope, joy. But this wasn't the only parade happening in Jerusalem. See, there was another parade that took place every year. It started on on the west side of the city, the side that faced the Mediterranean, the side that faced towards Rome. And Rome, through force and violence and oppression, controlled everything, including the land that belonged to the Jewish people, including Jerusalem. Every year during the festival of the Passover, so many people would come to worship and celebrate in the city of Jerusalem that the population would swell to almost four times its normal size. And every year, as Passover was beginning, the Roman governor in charge of the area would throw his own parade. And the goal was to squash any hope of rebellion, to remind the Jewish people who was really in charge. Sure, they could, they could gather for Passover. They could remember the story of God helping their people escape long ago from the cruel, oppressive Egyptians. But when it came to the present day, to Roman rule, this parade declared that resistance was futile. And history would not be repeated. See, at this parade, the governor rode in on a huge war horse, surrounded by a massive number of soldiers, armed to the teeth and just ready for violence. 
It was a terrifying sight meant to silence the crowds and to fill them with fear and despair, and it worked. The flags and standards proclaimed exactly who had come, and their arrival was announced with trumpets that demanded attention. Soldiers shoved people out of the way, and the air was full of the sounds of marching feet and beating drums. This was the procession of the conquerors, of power, of control and force and domination and oppression. There wasn't much singing or dancing here. There wasn't much joy or hope. But on the other side of the city, see, Jesus came from the east near the Mount of Olives. And that already had people excited because hundreds of years before this, a prophet named Zechariah had spoken of a day when the nation of Israel would be restored, when their oppressors would be destroyed and defeated, when God would come down and vanquish their enemies. And Zechariah said God would stand on the Mount of Olives. And so the Jewish people had been waiting for that day. And here comes Jesus, riding in. And not on a war horse, but on a colt, or maybe a donkey. Not surrounded by soldiers, but by everyday people. And while the Jesus parade might have looked ridiculous, or or kind of pathetic in comparison to the Roman parade happening over on the west side of town, no one was laughing at Jesus. Instead, they they covered the road with palms and branches and even their clothes, and they sang and they danced as the word spread. And it wasn't because Jesus looked impressive, but because they had hope. They remembered that when Zechariah talked about God's coming, he said, shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, Humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt. They saw Jesus riding. They saw where he came into the city and entered. They remembered these words and they had hope that finally, 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 the day was at hand. And so they shouted the word, Hosanna, save us is what it means. Save us, Jesus. Save us from these Roman oppressors. Save us from these foreign rulers and their violence. Save us and set us free. Save us. You know how? More violence, stronger armies, greater force, so we can be on top again. Save us. But Jesus did not come to conquer lands and people and empires through force or with any of the tools that this world knows so well. That's why his parade looked so different. He came in peace, rejecting violence. He came in humility and love. Jesus did come to save, but but not by replacing one system of empire and oppression with another. Jesus did come to save, but not just 
one tribe or people. Jesus did come to save, but he knew what we truly needed saving from. Jesus came to save us from our own broken humanity, our broken ways of thinking and acting and living. Jesus came to save us from ourselves. Save us. We have felt these words in the past weeks and months and year. Save us from this horrible pandemic and all its consequences. Save us from political divisions ripping our country apart. Save us from racism that is killing people and destroying lives. Save us from leaders who only care for their own power. Save us from insurrection and mob mentality. Save us from gun violence. But as we join these crowds shouting, save us, we should at least pause long enough to whisper the words from ourselves afterwards. And remember that just five days from now, the crowds will no longer be shouting, save us. They'll be shouting, crucify him. We should remember this because it's too easy to shout, save us. And to believe the problem is all out there with those people. It's easy to forget all that we need to be saved from. So this morning we say, save us, God, not just from the things out here, but also from the ways that we have embraced violence in our own lives. Save us from the ways that we, you, me, us, have glorified violence until we've become desensitized to it until we've even believed that violence can be good and redemptive and even righteous. Save us from the fact that we collectively, as a nation, have done nothing to prevent so many violent tragedies, even though there are tools available to us. Save us from the self-destructive patterns and behaviors we just can't break free of. Save us, God from the political division that we're contributing to. Save us from the ways that we, you, me, us, group people together and then just speak hate against them. Save us from our social media posts that don't build any bridges but just throw more fuel on the fire. Save us from the glee and the joy and sense of superiority that we revel in when we vilify and criticize and tear other people down. Save us when we feel too weak, too afraid, too partisan, and too prejudiced to stand for what's right and to stand against what's wrong. Save us, God. Save us from our willingness to follow you until it gets uncomfortable, until you challenge us, until we're forced to examine 
and evaluate our attitudes and beliefs and behaviors and worldview. Save us, God, from the fact that at some moments we long to be saved from you and are more likely to join the crowds on Friday as they shout, crucify. Because you've challenged us in ways we don't want to tolerate. Save us from ourselves. Save us. Today is the beginning of Holy Week. And this week will reveal God's faithfulness and care towards us. No matter if we're shouting, save us, or if we're shouting, crucify, Jesus is making his way to the cross for our sake and salvation, to save us from the things we truly need saving from, including ourselves, to bring us hope and forgiveness, freedom and new life, to show us a new way of life that is different from anything this world has known. Two parades, two crowds, On Friday, it will seem clear which has won. On Saturday, it will appear obvious which is stronger. But have hope and remember, Sunday is coming. Amen.